It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sean here. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Raptors. A little cold open for you as the episode that you're going to hear today was recorded before, or I guess during, the announcement that Bobby Webster has signed on a multi-year deal to stay, the Toronto Raptors GM. And I just wanted to give a quick word about that off the top, because the episode we were doing, myself and Yasmin from Dishes and Dimes and Basketball News, uh, it didn't really line up. with. You know, we, we had a bit of a structure we had to keep to, and diverting into a Bobby Webster thing would have made it into an hour-long podcast. So I wanted to just take a second. To acknowledge the signing of Bobby Webster, I think this is amazing news for the Raptors. I think this gives, it should give Raptors fans a sigh of relief that even if the worst happens with Masai Ujiri and MLSC doesn't pony up the money or he decides to chase some other pursuit somewhere else, the Raptors are not going to suffer fallback in terms of the way their operation runs at the end of this season. Nick Nurse has signed on long-term. Bobby Webster has been integral. His fingerprints have been everywhere all over this team. He executed the Kawhi Leonard trade. You know, he is just as much a huge part of the organization that the Raptors have built as Masai Ujiri is. And I think it's a really good day to know that he's going to be around regardless of what happens with Ujiri. Again, I think it's probably more likely than not that Ujiri sticks around. There aren't that many sexy jobs out there. I know there's Wizards rumors floating around and things like that, but it feels maybe like there's an unfinished job here for Masai, and either way, if he stays or goes, I think now Raptors fans can rest easy, that knowing Bobby Webster is going to be on the team and, and running the show and using his cap wizardry to maneuver the Raptors in and out of different moves and, and machinations, I think it's just awesome news, and you know it, it keeps the entire sort of chain and pipeline of talent intact as well. You know, if you lose Bobby Webster and Masai Ujiri, I would imagine you probably also lose Teresa Resch, Dan Tolzman, Chad Sanders, and that is clearly not going to happen now. They, they've got their sort of foundation in place, and yes, you want to see Masai stick around, but if not, there is the fallback that Bobby Webster will probably move up, take over the job. You get either Teresa Resch or Dan Tolzman probably taking over the GM job, and it'll be all good going from there. So that's just my quick thoughts on the Bobby Webster thing. I think it's awesome. And uh, congrats to Bobby Webster. Now tell us your birthday, would you? We, we need to know what sign you are. It's very important for uh, star charts and things like that. Anyway, uh, that's the cold open. Let's get to the podcast today with Yasmin of Dishes and Dimes and Yahoo Sports and Basketball News and the whole internet because Yasmin rules. I uh, hope you enjoy it. Have a good one. We are power ranking the Toronto Raptors roster. It's a good time. Enjoy. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, 
Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 879 of Locked On Raptors for Friday, February the 5th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always, at WoodleySean, and you can find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, please make sure you're checking out the entirety of the Locked On Podcast Network. We've got team focus shows covering all 30 NBA teams, all the NHL teams, MLB, NFL, college, you name it. If there's a team out there playing sports, we probably have a podcast covering it every single day with a local expert. So go and check them all out. Uh, It's always appreciated as well when you leave those ratings and reviews, obviously. So thanks in advance for uh, taking the time to do that. All right, on today's show, we are going to do a little bit of an exercise inspired by Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd, in part. He tweeted at me uh, earlier this week during Fred Van Vliet's explosion, who's the best player on the Raptors? And I got to thinking, and I couldn't really decide. And it led me to sort of doing like tiers and rankings of the roster in my brain, and it had me conceive the idea that we should power rank the entire Raptors roster now that we've got 21 games under our belts and can now look ahead to the final 51 games and sort of rank the players on the team by how much they have kind of earned playing time going forward uh, for whatever the team looks like over the next 51. And joining me to assist in this exercise of power ranking the Raptors is one of our very favorite guests, an excellent, excellent writer for basketball news and uh, the neon playbook and all over the place. It is Yasmin Diwala. Yasmin, how are you? I'm well, thanks for having me. Always happy to have you on. You are uh, one of the very best and I am excited to dive into this here topic that I've conceived, uh, you know, it's off day content. What do you want me to say? The Raptors play tonight. They play the Nets. That'll be fun. Uh, th- th- it'll be hard to stop them on defense. That's the preview for the Nets game. Let's dive into this exercise, Yasmin. Um, like I said, it all kind of spawned from the question of who the best Raptor is. And I think that's a very interesting question. I think it's between three guys, obviously. Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam obviously have had different spurts in which they've all been very good this season different spurts of struggle for each of them as well it's one of them good problems to have i guess when you have three guys who could lay claim to being the best player on your team um but i think you know in sort of the ordering of the players of the roster and doing this power ranking those three guys are going to come up in the top three in some order unless yasmin's about to surprise me with some uh crazy revelation or an overhyped yuta watanabe take which hey you know fair (laughs) enough um but yasmin first do you agree that those are the three that are in the conversation here uh and how would you order those three in terms of their importance and their sort of uh, who is the best player on the team going forward within this season? Um, it's, it's kind of difficult for the top two because um, I feel like best player and most important aren't um, the same thing. Mm-hmm. So for the Raptors, um, I'm really high on Kyle. I, like everyone's high on Kyle. Um <laughs> So I want to say he's the best player on the team Um, because because I have him ranked typically above where they wherever they have him on those top 100 lists. As you should. Um, So I'm (laughs) going to say that Kyle is the best Raptor or the yeah, I'm going to say that he's the um, best player on the Raptors. Uh, But I'll say Pascal is probably the most important Mm -hmm. considering how he's used on offense, how people you take, they take the team is um, the system is basically to take advantage of his 
gravity and transition and um, on defense, he's kind of the one that plugs those, his recovery, his um, help defense, um, running out to the corners is kind of their defensive system, really. Um, so I, I'll say that he's the most important, but I think Kyle is the um, best player on the team. Um, but Fred is Fred is making it tough, which is a great thing. Like he's, I think he's the leading scorer on the team right now after that game. He is, yeah. Um, I'm sure it kind of skewed his number, not skewed, but it just it probably like um, put him up above that. Um, but yeah, like he's he's been so awesome. He's just doing what um, we kind of want him to do, which is like be a scorer. But also, he's been really like coming along as a point guard. Like I don't notice his his deficiencies as much as I used to, which is really cool. Um, and yeah, it just kind of speaks to the steady growth he's shown um, over the course of the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, I, I probably have it Kyle, Pascal, and then Fred. So I have the same order. Uh, and I agree with you. I think Kyle is the best player on the team still, but Pascal, because the entire ceiling of the team is kind of tied up in him, I think is the most important, which is, I think, a new development. I would have said Kyle Lowry is the most important player on the team, you know, since 2013. <laughs> Even during the Kawhi season, right, I thought right. Kyle was really the guy that stirred the drink in a lot of ways and sort of made the circumstances perfect for Kawhi to succeed. But yeah, Pascal, because of his scoring, because of his sort of nascent playmaking game that's kind of on the up right now, and because of sort of the the way in which they need him to kind of be his best self in order to be their best selves. And I guess you could say that about any team's best player, but it feels particularly the case with Pascal Siakam. I think he's the most important, but yeah, Kyle still does all the things that uh, drive winning. And I, I think it's clear that he's the best player still, although it's certainly closer than it has been in years past as there's, you know, age to consider with Kyle and improvements from Pascal and Van Vliet. Um, it's interesting because while I think Fred is the third best player on the team, and I think that might, you know, especially coming off the heels of his 54 point game, some people might bristle at that and say, Hey, no, Fred's better than Pascal. And maybe you could say Fred's been better than Pascal this season. I would probably quibble with that. I just think Pascal's been a little bit more consistent night tonight, even if he's had his bad shooting games, Fred's had some absolute stinkers so far this season and is prone to that as a guy who's six feet tall and has trouble scoring at the rim. And if his threes aren't falling, then things can get a little bit rocky. Of course, when his threes are falling, he can do what he did to the magic and that yeah. makes everything nice and good. Um, but even though I think Fred is the third best player on the team, I think he might have the best all-star case for this fake sham garbage all-star game they're putting together. Um, actually, as we record, the voting just oh, yeah. came out the first returns on the voting um, and the, there's no Raptors in any of the top 10s. So there's that. Uh, that's good, actually. I don't want the Raptors going to Atlanta in the Petri Dish All-Star game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's the poor start. The poor start. Yeah. I think the poor start had fans like, <laughs> we have no All-Star. Which is funny because um, I think Beal is leading guards <laughs> in <Yeah>. voting. <laughs> and the, uh, the Wizards are like, what, 4 of 13 or 4 of 14 right now? <laughs> And Kyrie seconded voting and he uh, like missed half the season on a spirit quest. Yeah, so, it's just a mess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Zach Levine's fifth. I don't think all-star voting matters even a little bit, especially in a fake pandemic season. Um, and no when, Middleton. 
which yeah, is no, like shocking. I'm sure Bucks fans will be totally normal and rational about that too. Uh, <laughs> what am I saying? Raptors fans are insane when it comes to all-star voting, so I shouldn't throw stones. Um, but I was going to say, like, I think Fred of those three guys probably has the best all-star case right now. Would you agree with that? Just based yeah. on A, the numbers and B, just sort of the hype that's around him? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think that... Um... He's been when Fred has his moments, like it just it looks so great. It looks very like all star worthy. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it, but when he has like those nights, um, he has like these flashes um, more often than not lately, where he just looks like um, he'll have stretches where he looks like the best player on the floor, uh, which is not something Fred has ever exhibited. But like just seeing him um, dabble in that l- this season is really encouraging. It's something we saw a lot from Pascal last season where he would just go several nights in a row where he's the best court. He's the best player on the court every night. Um, so to see him have those stretches, um, and to see him kind of, um, take over a game the way Lowry frequently does is really encouraging. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I still think, while Fred maybe has the best case, if I had to pick a Raptor who's going to make an all-star team, I think it's Kyle because he's the most coaches yeah. selection ass player of all time. And he's made six straight and inertia is very powerful when it comes to all-star. Um, but ultimately uh, it, it shouldn't matter because the, the all-star game is fake uh, <laughs> and shouldn't be taking place. Um, it seems as though we've reached some agreement on the ordering of the top three guys, at least Larry Siakam, Fred uh then it gets interesting beyond that and we're going to dive into the next tier of players on the Raptors and sort of where they lie in our little power ranking exercise here in just one second but first I want to tell everybody about betonline.ag the number one place that we trust to wager on sports go to betonline.ag today use the promo code locked on and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit so you drop in 100 bucks, you get 150 bucks to play around with. That's very, very cool. Also, there is no shortage of stuff for you to bet on between the NHL, NFL, uh, MLB. There's just a million things. You can even bet on Greek basketball if you really feel compelled. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action and don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, Yasmin, we continue on. Just a heads up to the listeners on Sunday, Saturday, whatever the hell day. I think Saturday, maybe Sunday after the game on Saturday against the Hawks. I'll do a podcast breaking down both of those games, but it'll likely be Saturday, just a Nets-focused episode. But there will be a weekend podcast for you to keep an eye out for. Let's continue on our ordering of the Raptors players by their goodness, prominence, deservedness of more minutes, whatever that might be. However, we're defining this. I may have probably should have defined this before the show, but it's a very strange topic and, uh, you know, different interpretations I think are going to apply here. So we've laid out the top three, discussed them at length. Let's dive into the next tier of players on the Raptors. Who do you have as your number four? And I think I know who the answer will be. But my question, in addition to that, is do you have number four lumped in with anybody else kind of in a similar tier or are they kind of on their own little plane? Yeah, I think it's a 
I think the tier after the top three players is probably a toss up between um, Norm and Chris. Because if I'm Chris Boucher, if I'm looking at it in the in the bubble of the last uh, twenty or so games, I think that um, Chris has a real case as the fourth best player on the team. Like, I, I think we kind of underestimate how awesome he's been, how he's minimized his um, mistakes. The shooting is unbelievable um I really didn't I think that that was my um biggest issue like if he actually got significant minutes I'm not sure we can convince opposing teams that this guy can stretch the floor and it might shrink the floor further uh for the guys but he's been really good um whereas I think Fred's I'm sorry Norm's bad games have been worse um over the course of the season um perhaps it's because we expect more of him to be that, you know, additional scoring punch that the Raptors desperately need this season. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm probably going to say Chris, then Norm for me. No OG. Oh, sorry. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say, Emma Brown is about to uh, no. <laughs> burn down the podcast. <laughs> no, I, I for, for some odd reason, I had him with the other top three like I don't know that was a brain fart but um <laughs> of course OG is in a tier of I think OG would be in a tier alone as the fourth tier and whatever I said would be like a fifth tier or a, a third tier I'm getting confused now um so yeah I'd have OG as our as a fourth best player so he's in the second tier after the top uh three guys right. um but yeah OG's been great I think he's starting to um nail his role which is really good. Um, we always knew of his potential as uh, that three and D guy. Um, and I think he kind of rounded out into that role last season, but I think now he's starting to just perfect it where um, he's becoming one of the premier three and D guys in the NBA. So it will be really cool to see him take that next step into um, doing a little bit of what say Mikhail Bridges does on um, offense, um, making certain reads and um, scoring um, in different spots that he's not really like spoon fed to or anything, but um, yeah, OG would be the fourth best player on the team. And I don't think that there's another player that's kind of on that tier. I think that it's kind of in a space on his own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm with you. OG's number four to me with a bullet. He's in his own tier for me. Uh, and, you know, I don't even have Chris Boucher as high as you do. I think Norm is very close to the OG tier for me. Just and maybe this is recency bias because he's been really, really great lately. And who knows what happens when he's back in bench duty once Soji's back and maybe he <laughs> reverts back to being his oscillating self. But he is so important to keeping transitional lineups going, to keeping the starters when he's in there productive and sort of taking pressure off of Pascal, Fred, you know, guys who are seeing extra attention, guys who are seeing blitzes. Um, and he's been good enough after a very poor first five to seven games that I'm kind of ready to just accept that Norm is back to what he was last year, where he was this incredibly composed finisher around the basket and was really oh, utilizing yeah. his first step and his three point shooting remains like 40% as it's been for like four years now. So I'm <laughs> almost got Norm at four. I think he's number five for me. And uh, I mean, this is, might be a, uh, a catastrophic fall for Chris Boucher. I don't have him until the next segment uh, on my list, which should. Uh, oh, no. Yeah. I, I mean, look, I've been back and forth on Boucher I, his I, entire time in the league, but 
we'll get to it. Yeah. <laughs> it's been, let's say, like, I think the last few games, the, the shine has kind of wore off mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> on Chris Boucher, but I just appreciate that punch he gave them to start the season. Mm-hmm. And because it was just so unexpected um, that I can't help but appreciate it. And I think he's made some strides in his game as a scorer. Um, he's just a guy that kind of has filled that surge role so well for them uh, over the course of the beginning of the season um, that I have to give him his dues. (laughs) Hey, you know what? Fair enough. And again, people are probably going to jump on me uh, for the take I'm about to share. I think after Norm, I would probably put Aaron Baines next, which is weird. And probably My stupid. God. <laughs> I know. This is me who has been calling. Sean, what are you I, doing? <laughs> I don't know. I've been calling Aaron Baines the meat fist assassin all season long. Like he's got like uh, clubs for hands. But I don't know. Maybe. He, really he really does. does. <laughs> but maybe the last five or so. Yes, his three point shooting is truly ghastly. And I hate watching him take threes because I feel like, you know, a shooting coach is probably like dying every time he takes a shot. It's that strange. It's so bizarre. It's as strange as uh, Mark's um, form. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Mark barely jumps. Yeah, yeah. And his arms kind of cross after the release. Yeah, yeah. It's not great. It, again, every time he takes a shot, uh, is it Drew Hanlon, the shooting coach? Like, he like loses five years off his life or something. But um, I think Baines is so important because he kind of offers that rim protection that no one else on the team really offers in a traditional center sense. Like, yes, Boucher blocks a lot of shots, but it's not really as a traditional rim protector. He kind of gets beaten out of his space a lot of the time when he's up against regular centers. And he's more, I think, in the Pascal mold on defense where you can have him fly around and block shots in a really exciting and fun and three-pointy kind of way. But Baines Bain, is... sorry? No, that's Boucher. Yeah, no. Oh, for Boucher. No, I see what you mean. I'm like, wait, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, with Baines, though, I just think like going forward, it's so important for them to get good center play defensively more than anything else. And I think Baines has offered that a little bit more than he was at the start of the season. I mean, a, a lot more than better. he was at the start of the season. And he's for the better. Raptors, and I think, yeah. Go oh, ahead. sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I, I have a bit say, of a delay. Go ahead. <laughs> no, that's okay. I was going to say for the Raptors defense to work the way it's supposed to you need that sturdy back line of defense and i think he's finally offering that a little Mm -hmm. bit and you're seeing you know the numbers aren't creeping up as fast as you want them to necessarily but i think having baines back there as a bit of a security blanket for the other guys who can fly around like maniacs i think really is important and so i have him right it's like og in his own tier norm in his own tier and then baines kind of in uh tier closer to the guys i have below him but I, i think he's number six for me in terms of like importance going forward and guys I think, um, you know, kind of will dictate the success of the team. Uh, and I'll get to Boucher in the final segment of my thoughts on him. But any thoughts on where I have Baines? Am I just like egregious in having him so high? Um, I see what you mean. Um, I feel like Baines as a player would be above Boucher, but I think that his stint as a Raptor has been kind of disastrous to start even though he's definitely found a rhythm the last few games. And I always kind of anticipate, anticipated that whoever replaced Gasol would have a lot of adjustment to um, do. But I think that he's playing more like himself uh, lately. I, they've 
it's not really they're not really emphasizing scoring they're not they're they yeah he he's really good at kind of finding those opportunities to run down the lane and get that bounce pass straight to the rim and I feel like we're going to see more of that this season once the guys build a chemistry with him um I think I don't know if I'm imagining it but I feel like him and Fred have a lot of chemistry um, mm-hmm. just, I feel like when they're doing like the when they're doing their pick and rolls together and everything, I feel like it, it goes well more often than not than with Kyle and Baines, which is um, strange because uh, Kyle tends to be the one that um, turns big men into all stars or something <laughs> on the Raptors. <laughs> but um, it, it, that's just something that I kind of observed. So just to clarify, Yasmin, you have uh, OG fourth. Chris Boucher, fifth, Norm, sixth. Is that your your basic idea right now? Yes. I think, uh, I think I'll think i further clarify that I think I, I'd have Norm and Boucher in the same tier right now. Mm, okay. Um, just judging from the 2021 season thus far, or the 2020-2021 season. Entirely fair. Uh, we've got the back part of the roster to get to. Lots of names to wade through. We won't spend too much time on each individual one, but we'll point out some highlights and compare our lists for the remainder of the roster coming up in just one second. But first, I want to tell everybody about our friends over at Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar money can buy. They have 18 wonderful flavors of the new and improved formula that is really, really delicious. I got to say, I I was a fan of them in the summer when I got my first box. They've kind of reorganized and uh, revamped their formula since then. And now they're just freaking delicious. And a lot of the new flavors are amazing as well. Cherry Barcia is awesome. Lemon almond cheesecake is outstanding. And you've got the old favorites like toffee, almond, orange, and mint brownie as well. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew. And they are great for the health conscious person who can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber and great for keto diets as well and uh while you go to builtbar.com right now you can use the promo code locked on and you could use you can get 20 percent off that is off of your next order again it's the promo code locked on for 20 percent off when you go to builtbar.com Today's show is also brought to you by rockauto.com our friends over there who are saving you money when you go to the mechanic and not having you pay full price for car parts. It's wonderful. They're a family business serving online auto parts customers for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They've got everything you need, engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, new carpets, anything in the book. They've got it, whether it's for your classic or your daily driver. So get everything you need and a few easy clicks on their wonderfully easy website to navigate and have it delivered directly to your door, both in the US and Canada. Rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate you can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle choose the brand specifications and most importantly the prices that you prefer and best of all the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers so why would you spend up to twice as much for the exact same parts when you can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on and there how did you hear about us box to know that we sent you as well amazing selection reliably low prices all the car parts you will ever need at rockauto.com all right, Yasmin. So we've each laid out our top six on the Raptors roster. A uh, little bit of disagreement with Chris Boucher, and I'll have Chris Boucher coming up here shortly. Um, I'm just going to rattle off what my next sort of tier is, and then I'll let you kind of do the same. We can maybe compare notes and talk about guys we have huge discrepancies on. So I think for me, there are four guys in the next tier. It's DeAndre Bembry, Yuta Watanabe, Stanley Johnson, and Chris Boucher for me in that order. 
Maybe that's weird. Okay. Maybe having Boucher 10th is like blasphemous considering the start to the season <laughs> he's had. I don't know. But I think the way his defense kind of has tailed off, the way he is getting out muscled in bigger center matchups, I, I just I think there's maybe an element of just like a fortuitous set of matchups where he was able to succeed early on in the season that we're kind of yeah. seeing. I, the I get what you mean. Like, yeah. He can never start. Mm-hmm. to be honest, because any starting caliber center can take advantage of that matchup. So I yeah. get what you, where you're coming from. Okay. So I'm not totally crazy. That's good. Uh, the no. <laughs> Watanabe Johnson, I think it's kind of, you probably have them in the similar tier too, right? Like kind of together with what they yeah. offer. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm, the order might be different, but I have them in the same tier. I think they're both all like kind of utility guys. You uh, plug and play. Mm-hmm. Um. I would have Utah like probably the best among uh, Stanley Johnson and Bembry, mm-hmm. probably, but just because I feel like he's just been so consistently great. Right. His mistakes are non existent almost, I feel like. Um, and the shooting has been like a great development. Whereas, and I, I feel like his form is more sustainable than Stanley's, and Bembry's not really much of a shot. So, um, I, I, you know, I, and his defense, like I could go on and on <laughs> about how great he's been. Um, and he's, yeah, he's definitely a guy that's going to be on this roster moving forward. Um, and yeah, also, you know, it's been great to be pleasantly surprised by, even though the season didn't start out how we wanted, I feel like, um, Stanley Johnson's developments have been a pleasant surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing him kind of just be happy in a small role and be effective in a small role is really, really great. And just kind of a testament to um, his humility. You know, it's not easy being a lottery pick and having all this hype through high school and through college. And then to um, end up being an end of bench guy, but still like, you know, taking it in stride and improving and utilizing the passing skills he has, because that's something he's always exhibited. Um has been really great. Um, and I feel like I haven't seen enough of Bembry, but he's had great moments too. Um, but yeah, I think that's how it ha- I'd have it. I have Utah, um, Stanley Johnson, and then Bembry. Do you have Aaron Baines in that group at all? Or do you have him ahead? Behind? I ha- have, I not, have I not mentioned him at all? I don't think so, no. <laughs> okay, I'll put him in the Boucher tier under Boucher. Okay. That's what I do. All right, there we go. Um, yeah, so I think that's how I'd... I how I'd rank it. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's how yeah. it stands for me with this Raptors roster. I don't think you can really go wrong with whatever order you have for Utah Johnson and Bembry. The reason I have Bembry yeah. the highest of the three is that I just think he kind of does the most things well on both ends of the floor. Like Utah is wonderful. He's got a lot of confidence in his three-pointer right now. And obviously his defensive motor is like troubling at times. It's so high, Um, but he does it in like a reserved, not fouling every three seconds type of way. Benbury, I just think, has a bit more juice offensively and can kind of do something with the ball in his hands a little bit more reliably. Yeah. You know, Utah's handles yeah. a little bit crazy and wayward and wild. You don't really know where he's going, and sometimes he, like, falls over as he's making his drives. Whereas Benbury, like, he's a point guard. He knows sort of the the, the, the seams to hit, and I, I think he's just kind of offers a little bit more in terms of offensive utility when he's out there. And I think, you know, if you were to have him play with, like, all starters – you know, you want to go small with him, for example. I think if you're picking between those three guys is like a, a wing to slot it in place of Norm with Kyle, Fred, OG, and Siakam, which is the kind of lineup I would love to see them get to. 
you know, uh, you know, obviously Norm fits in there quite nicely, but if you want some more size and defense, I think Bembry of those three guys is the guy that you can fit because he can do the Ronde thing that they tried last year, even though it was weird because he could yeah, barely dribble, yeah. but like he can be the point guard and you can surround him with shooting and your offense can work pretty well because he does have point guard instincts. So that's why I have him a little bit there. I'm happy to see him getting some more run, but you can't really quibble with that threesome of guys. I mean, they're all excellent. They're all adults. They all play within themselves, which is what you want. Um, then we come to the bottom part of the roster. Yasmin, let's quickly run through here. Uh, like I said, I have Boucher just below Johnson. Maybe I'm going to get screamed at, but hey, social engagement. It's lovely. Uh, <laughs> I'm a ghoul. Anyway, uh, after that, the remaining guys are Patrick McCaw, who's uh, inching towards return, Malachi Flynn, Matt Thomas, Paul Watson Jr., uh, Jalen Harris, I guess we can count, but he's not really part of the conversation right now, so he's probably going to come in at the bottom of the list. And then, of course, redacted Terrence Davis. Um, you know, obviously Davis um, is playing a lot more right now and is getting a lot more run than a lot of these guys, but where do you think the, uh, going forward, the sort of ordering of these guys should be obviously understanding that Malachi Flynn's um, going to be at the G league for a while. Yeah. Uh, the Raptors, like they, it's no secret. They use that end of bench to develop young guys, um and have them kind of move into the spot where Stanley and Utah and Bembry are and then it kind of <laughs> they eventually become the three best players on the team <laughs> that tends to be the cycle um which is crazy when you think about it because like Norm and Pascal and Fred were in those spots um but yeah I think that I'd probably have Oh, it's it's tough because they all kind of have fl- like notable flaws. Mm-hmm. Um, Jalen, we haven't seen play much at all. Uh, but from what I understand, the little research that I did during the draft, he's like a big wing, um, athletic, has bounce, um, and is kind of meant to do what Terrence Davis does. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> uh, perhaps all the play. Like I, I pitched this to um, Samson the other day because we were kind of talking about the roster similarly, and I said um, uh, perhaps all the playing time TD is getting um, is in order to move him and have Jalen Harris potentially take up that spot. That's like my conspiracy theory um, because I cannot think of any other reason why they'd play him so often. (laughs) Um, I'm going to say Matt Thomas is probably – I'm probably forgetting someone, but I feel like he's a top in that bunch. Okay. Because at least he has a an elite skill in something. Right. As it stands, um, Malachi is probably right under or tied with him because I think that um, he's going to be um, kind of a bench staple next season just based on his skill set. I, I think he has some confidence to gain. He needs to find out how to um, make up for his lack, lack of athleticism, uh, which I think he's smart enough to do based on um, his success in college. Um, but yeah, that's I'd I put Matt and Malachi in a tier. Um, and then I would kind of have maybe, maybe TD in that tier, just in terms of pure skill set. Yeah. Um, because um, he, he in a, like I feel like if playing Matt, like there's always the debate on the timeline about playing Matt and playing Terrence. Um, I feel like playing Matt, um, you'd have the same amount of issues, and it would be as incomplete as playing Terrence. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So the I understand answer is the play argument. neither. Like you yeah, don't need play, to play one of them. That's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> the people are saying, uh, why is he? Why why aren't we seeing uh, Matt Thomas? And I think it's a viable question. Like you, we have issues with Terrence playing, so um, <laughs> it's not like Terrence is like a hu- hugely better option than Matt. So um, you know, it's an it's a choice that they make to put him on the court every day. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, that's how I probably have uh, Malachi. Um, Matt Thomas, Malachi, and TD in a tier in that order. And then everyone else is kind of just, um, who is left? Jalen Harris. Uh, Paul Watson um, and Patrick McCall. Paul Watson. And both of whom rarely uh, get any play time. In terms of just pure skill set, I feel like Paul Watson's probably the best among them. Yeah. Um, but right now he's getting like all those touch fouls. And I just don't think he's too used to being on the court right now. <clears throat> But I could totally, he, to me, he has like the highest ceiling amongst those guys. So where does McCaw fall in for you? Like between Watson and Harris? <laughs> um, yeah. 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 McCaw with minutes, it's probably in that Bembry, Utah, Stanley. Yeah. Jumble. You know what I mean? He's a guy who can handle the ball. Um, he's a, he's a um, reluctant shooter, but he's someone who presents that kind of jack of, all trades not jack of all trades but you know um plug and play sort of skill set he's really good for those transitional units if they just need a position whether it be the uh one two or three to just fill up momentarily he can do that so Mm -hmm. i feel like he's among those guys at his best at his healthiest yeah i don't know if i would call mccall a jack of all trades maybe he's like a (laughs) first week of frosh week of all trades like just (laughs) he's kind of dipping his toe into each of them um I oh, actually have McCaw, <laughs> I have McCaw at the top of this tier to me um, because of what you said. Like he, of all these guys, is the closest to fitting into that Benbury, Watson, Abe, Johnson tier. Maybe this is too premature to kind of have him that high just because we haven't seen him play for almost a year. But I think what he does, it's very similar to a Benbury, right? Maybe a little bit less offensive juice, but his defensive instincts at the guard position are pretty nice and he doesn't if you play him with other good players like if he's not anchoring lineups with other bench players i think he can kind of be useful if he's out there with a bunch of guys who aren't really you know complimenting what he does which is not a ton but but if he can be a connector to good players i think that is sort of the path to to macaw being good and that's also sort of the path for benbury watanabe and johnson in a lot of ways and so i have him 11th um i have flynn 12th even though obviously he's not going to be around for a while i think that g league stint's going to be pretty useful for him Oh, definitely, got, yeah. yeah. I've got Thomas 13th uh, for the reasons you said. You know, he's a little bit higher than Davis just because he has that elite skill, even though you don't need to play him at all. I have redacted Terrence Davis uh, 14th, Watson 15th, and Jalen Harris 15th uh, 16th right now, or whatever, however many players are on this team. 16? Yeah, uh, whatever. <laughs> Losing my mind. Um, but yeah, I think we're uh, similar... So on similar pages, Not too but with uh, some different. I feel like it's the fringes that are slightly. Yeah, and the Chris yeah. Boucher thing is gonna get me in trouble probably from the. Yeah, the Chris Boucher, the Boucher thing heads. is those are fighting words. <laughs> yeah, um, but we'll uh, I'll put together a bit of a graphic on these, and we'll hit a little poll <laughs> okay. as to who's more right, and we'll uh, we'll see who uh, comes out on top. Yasmin, how about that? We'll turn it into competition. That's the way to do All it. All right. Um, All right. That is, we've reached the end of this podcast, Yasmin. Thank you for partaking in this uh, strange exercise with me. I very much appreciate it. I feel like my thoughts about the team are in order a lot better now than they were before. Um, Yeah. 
because it'll be fun to revisit this episode (laughs) oh it's never fun to revisit any episode i do because i'm dumb and get things wrong all the time (laughs) same 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 that's the that's the reason that i want to revisit (laughs) uh well yasmin it was lovely having you uh where can people check out your work and you have anything in particular you want to plug um yeah i I write weekly for uh, basketballnews.com so uh, follow me for any pieces. I'm probably going to end up submitting my first for February very soon. Um, I have, uh, I do a weekly show with the Yahoo Sports Canada every Friday, Raptors group chat, which is a short episode where we kind of do a rundown of the week's events in the NBA. So uh, check that out. Um, and yeah, that's everything so far. Outstanding. Yasmin, keep on killing it. You are one of the very best and most talented people we have in Toronto doing this stuff and so thank you for lending your talents to this silly thank little podcast you. for a little while um you can find me at woodley sean please subscribe to rate review all that good stuff it's very much appreciated when you go and support the podcast and all the other lockdown shows we got cooking as well uh and we'll be back again on saturday to talk about the nets game the nets game it's gonna be fun kevin durant with the nets for the first time james harden it's gonna be wild so we'll talk all about that on saturday and break it all down for you until then thank you so much we'll talk to you again on the weekend with another episode of locked on raptors hey prime members You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.